welcome to the Titus 2 Live-In Podcast. This is your host, Andrea Dickerson, and I hope that today's episode encourages you as a Christian woman to glorify the Lord in your home ministry. Remember that every task completed in your home matters and that serving your family is kingdom work. And with God's help, you can thrive today and every day at building your home with a joyful and thankful heart. Hello, dear sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for joining once again another episode of the Titus 2 Living Podcast. And today on this second episode, we will be discussing what it means to be a helper to our husband and why it is so important for us as wives to embrace our role as a helper in our marriage. So let's start by defining that term helper. When we go to the first book of the Bible in Genesis 1, when God creates everything, we see that after each day, he says that everything he created was good. And it is until day six when he created men first, Adam, he says that it's not good for the men to be alone, that he will make a helper fit for him. That is in Genesis 2.18. And we see that it's not good for men to be alone. Why? Because by nature, God created us for companionship. Also, the command that is given to Adam to be fruitful and multiplied could not be carried through if it wasn't for Eve, his suitable helper. He needed help procreating, building a society, and Eve is exactly what he needed. We also see that the marriage relationship is so special. It is the only relationship that is talked on scripture that whenever both of them, husband and wife, come together, they become one flesh. There is such a unity, a oneness that represents the relationship between Christ and the church. And what a beautiful picture this paints to the world and a testimony of Christ's love when we are operating in our design. When man is the leader as he was created to be and when woman is the one who follows. So after Looking at this passages in Genesis, we can define the term helper as a well-suited helpmate for the husband, one who completes him in every way and who brings harmony, not discord, to the relationship. And when we go to the New Testament, we see that God has not changed his mind at all. That this design is perfect, created from the beginning, and it continues to be the same design. Just because our culture says that these terms are outdated, that this is just a social construct of man himself to make women feel oppressed and to demean them, we know that those things are not true at all. If we go to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians eleven eight nine, 8, 9, we see 
that it is said that the woman was created for men and also calls woman the glory of the men. It says, for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the men. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the men. And this might sound as blasphemy to some, but at the same time, we need to understand that it was God who created it this way. And when we follow that order, we are honoring the Lord. We are pleasing Him. And that there is a purpose for that order. Also, 1 Corinthians seven thirty four says, But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. We see that the single woman, of course, she is complete in her design, that she can glorify the Lord, but she does it in a different way than a married woman does. A married woman takes care of earthly things, meaning her home, her husband. And when she is taking care of that, she doesn't have to feel less just because she doesn't have the time to go outside and win souls as much as the single one would, but that when she is doing that work at home, when she is pleasing her husband, she's also doing kingdom work. Also, we need to understand that just because our roles are different, the husband and the wife have different roles. It doesn't have to do anything with our value. Of course, we are equal in value. In Genesis 1, if we go back to that, we see that humankind was created in God's image. And that is where our value comes from. It doesn't change. And that it is him who made us male and female. And that difference is important and we should embrace those differences, that design. One of the things that, that our husbands are not is a helper. And we are and we ought to embrace that. Society is trying to abolish gender, saying that there is no such thing they're pushing the agenda for gender neutrality and we know that that goes against god so let's try to remember that that being a helper does not mean that we are less valuable not at all men and women have the same value we are equal in value but different in role and being a helper is not an inferior term is not being subservient or lowly by any means that is what society wants us to believe but it is God who created us as helpers and he elevated this term if we study the hebrew root of this word helper that is used in genesis 2:18 it is the word azer and this same word azer in other passages of scripture tells us about who god is to us he is our helper there are 
several different passages that mention this. And we never think of God as less than just because he is our helper, do we? The same way we need to know that if he created us with that purpose in mind, then we need to embrace it and not think less of it. Once a wife understands what it means to be a helper, one of the questions I get is, how do I become this godly wife? I want to be a suitable helper to my husband, but I don't know where to start. And I think we overcomplicate this. We think that it is about following all the advice, reading all the books, knowing exactly what it means to be a helper, but we forget something very important, and that is to ask our husbands how we can serve them best. What are his preferences? And I realized this in my own marriage when I started applying this advice. I had a to-do list of things I wanted to do before my husband came back from work. And unfortunately, most of the time, I was so overwhelmed with all the tasks that I was putting in that to-do list that I received my husband with a contentious attitude and that was doing a disservice to the thing that I wanted to accomplish the most. So make sure that you first ask your husband how you can be a helper to him. Respect his preferences and make sure that if you need to work in your own attitude, if you're constantly being contentious, nagging, disrespectful to your husband, repent from this. Ask God for help for him to search your heart and reveal those things that are not from him and that he may help you to be that suitable helper. Now let's see some examples in the Bible of women who were not acting as suitable helpers and we will also see the consequences of what it brought. The first one is Eve. We already know that she was the first woman created and she was a suitable helper for Adam and that whenever Satan came to the garden to tempt them to sin against God, he deceived the woman first that she fall into that temptation and partook of the fruit that God told them not to. And then she wanted to lead Adam into sinning against God and she was successful at it. Adam's sin was different. He was not deceived but he didn't lead or protect Eve and that was his sin that he followed Eve into sin instead of leading and we see that is when the men partakes of the fruit that is when sin entered the world and now this fallen state has been ushered in and we see that their union was affected by it and now since sin has entered the world this dynamic we are still seeing in, in marriage where we are tempted as women 
to take control, to lead, and then the man is tempted to follow and not lead. But the good news is that we do not have to fall into temptation that Christ has overcome and because of him we can be more than conquerors and we can follow God's design in being a helper and our husbands to be the leader of the home and this is because of Christ. Also there is another example of a marriage that was committing sin against God by lying. And this was Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias was the one who wanted to lie about how much they were given in order to be celebrated in the eyes of men. And Peter knew that they were lying. So whenever Ananias lied, he was struck to death. And Sapphira, she could have been a suitable helper by telling her husband that they should not lie. And also when she didn't know that Ananias was struck to death, she was given the opportunity to come clean and um, tell the truth, but she didn't. And because of her own sin, she was also struck to death. So we see that there is a consequence for going against God. Also, there are women in the Bible who were good helpers. And in the first example, we see that this woman, even though her husband was harsh, he was not a good leader, she was still a good helpmate. That tells us that even if our husbands are in rebellion against God and they are not being good leaders, that doesn't excuse our own behavior and not being good helpers, but that we can still be the helpers we were called to because of Christ in us. We see in this passage of scripture in 1 Samuel that Abigail is described as a beautiful and discerning woman. It was her actions that saved her household while it was Nabal who is described as a harsh and badly behaved man who almost got all his household killed by David. So because of Abigail's actions, everyone was spared and God was the one who took revenge by bringing death to Nabal at the end. Another example is Sarah. And we are called in 1 Peter 3, 5 to be like her, to adorn ourselves by submitting to our own husband. This passage reads, For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. And then on 3, 6, it says, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. 
she is an example for us to be that suitable helper and that when we are submissive wives we are doing the will of the father we know that abraham in two instances made her submit while he was lying that she was his sister in order to not be killed by Pharaoh because he was afraid that whenever they saw her beauty, uh, they would kill them both. And even in this instance, Sarah submitted to him. We are called to willingly relinquish our will to our husbands and to submit not in sin but know that first is God and we do not go go against God but that we do submit to our husbands and everything that is not sinful and the scripture tells us this. Let me finish this episode by answering some of the questions that I received on Instagram about this topic. The first one says, what does it mean to honor my husband and how do I honor him? So we go to scripture and see that Ephesians 5.22 tells us as wives to submit ourselves unto our own husband as unto the Lord. That is how he compares this relationship. We know that we will willingly submit to the Savior of our lives. How would we act if the Lord comes to our home and communes with us? We would do everything to please him and it is that same way that same relationship that he wants us to have with our own husband that is a pretty high calling and something that might be hard to swallow but at the same time know that when you're doing that you are not only honoring your husband but the lord also when we are respectful That is very important for our husbands, that we are not constantly going against him, disrespecting him in public. Those are things that we should not do, but we should cultivate such a respect for our husbands that we are able to praise him in public instead of disrespecting him. So some practical ways of honoring him would be praying for him it is so important for us to do this instead of dwelling on things that we cannot change and resenting our own husbands god wants us to pray for them and to be thankful for the husband we have been given so another way is to voice your thankfulness thank him for the good qualities in him also like we said before praise him in public that is so important for you to do and also around your children make sure that you are honoring your husband by talking good about him to his own children and you will see that that love that your children has also grows towards your husband because of the way that you talk about him. 
The next one says, how can I better serve my husband if he doesn't have a biblical perspective? From my understanding, this husband is not an unbeliever. He just lacks a biblical perspective. And it might be hard sometimes to submit to our husbands when we think different than they do at the same time we are still called to submit when we are loving kind forgiven when we are winning him without a word just like the unbeliever woman is called to do we are doing god's will Remember that even in times of suffering, we are called to do God's will. We are called to rejoice and know that everything, even in our marriage that brings forth sanctification, is called a good thing. All things happen for the good of those who loved God. So on first Peter 3, 1, this is for the unbelieving husband, but I think it would also apply to this situation where it says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, in this case, the word is not being obeyed, that is not being followed, but there are worldly views that are being embraced, and it says, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. There is your promise. Keep praying for that husband and submitting to him as unto the Lord. One more question. This one says, what if the wife isn't too poor of health and the husband has to do most stuff around the house? That is an exception. We need to understand that we do not become a helper just because of the things that we are doing, but what is in our hearts matters. If we are reversing roles on purpose, trying to control, lead, having a really bad attitude, disrespecting our husbands, that doesn't make us good helpers. But whenever we're not doing housework because we're dealing with a chronic illness or in a season where our health is not in a good condition, that doesn't mean that we are not a good helper. I remember a wife asking a question very similar to this, and she said that she felt bad every time she saw advice for homemakers about keeping a house because she couldn't do any of that. We do not need to apply to our lives those things that are not possible in the season we are in. We need to make sure we're honoring the Lord and checking ourselves. Am I not doing housework because I think that is beneath me? Am I being discontent with being a keeper at home? Am I a lazy woman and that is the reason why I don't manage my home well, then we have to take care of it. If it's because there is something going on with our health, then we know that that is not our fault at all. That is all for today. 
thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or whichever platform you're listening on. And remember, sister, that whatever you do today, may it be done for the glory of God. Keep your eyes on the author of your salvation and always persevere. See you next time.